this is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Tyler Donaldson. The Minnesota legislators are back in St. Paul today. The trifecta remains in place with the DFL in control of the House, Senate, and Governor's Office. A bonding bill, which would be for roads, bridges, and other infrastructure, is one of the expected priorities. AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Berg says the livestock market has seen some good strength. Well, we got another strong day here. I mean, this is uh, the you know, cattle market uh, are, are continuing to climb to to the gap. I mean, that's been a lot of the talk technically. Uh, the the over overhead resistance that we saw coming up that we struggled with that 200-day moving average in some of the live cattle contracts is now became a pretty good support line, uh, and we continued to ride up the 10-day moving average like we did uh, on the way down uh, when we went from uh, uh, you know the September high to the December low. And so I think that your uh, you, you, the support is, is allowing us to, to continue to, to bounce towards that gap up there at the, you know, at the 192 level or 190 level in, in the April contracts. E-Hedger market analyst John Wiedemann says the grains continue to search for fresh news. You know, we just got uh, from the commitment of traders data shows, you know, spec traders piling on to overall short position uh, with little fundamental news. Um, but uh, South America weather looks good. I mean, you got these corn up a penny and a quarter. No beans up eight. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, rain's performed as expected in South America. So, um, and again, the managed money uh, crowd continues to sell grains, especially corn. So, um, you know, we might get a little short covering here. Um, a little friendly D24 corn. But, uh, yeah, other than that, not, not a ton of news. Not a ton of news at all. Wiedemann thinks traders are waiting for the Ag Outlook Forum estimates. Yeah, that, and then, you know, the March intentions report, which I think is March 28th, uh, Acres report. And um, But, yeah, I mean, that in South America weather, and we just need to get some demand in the market. Brazil's weather remains favorable for crop development and field work over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says southern Brazil will get needed rain through Thursday and will see a good mix of rain and sunshine into early next week. Northern Brazil will experience net drying through Friday before an alternating pattern of rain and sunshine occurs through next week. Argentina's driest uh, rains will continue to push northward through Tuesday, improving soil moisture in the driest areas. World Weather says Argentina's crop conditions will continue to slowly improve during the next two weeks. USDA's weekly export inspections report shows corn inspected for export during the week ending February 8th totaled 880,000 metric tons. That's 36% more than the previous week, 56% more than the same week last year. Soybean inspections of 1.36 million tons are down 24% from the previous week and are 21% less than a year ago. Wheat export inspections at 407,000 metric tons are down 38% from the previous week, 14% less than last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections running 31% ahead of last year's pace. Soybean inspections are 22% behind, and wheat inspections are 18% behind last year's pace. The 2024 planning season may be on the way sooner than we think. 
CHS Senior Vice President of Refined Fuels Jason, Jason Schwanz says there may be an opportunity to contract fuel prices ahead of time this year. I think we're seeing some of the lower prices that we've seen in a while. Uh, I would say if you have room in your tanks to fill it up. Uh, I think the other thing that they can look at is if they're happy with this price. I think uh, I know the cooperatives out there offer some uh, forward contracting prices. And I think if you look at it, those forward contracting prices tend to be the lowest uh, at about this time of year. I think it's a good opportunity to take advantage of that. Uh, I believe if you look at the tensions in the Middle East and some of the things going on, uh, that things will increase into the springtime. Fuel prices may be in a lull due to worldwide headlines and overall economics. There are a lot of things going on in the world, but uh, I think if you kind of look at some of the main ones affecting the uh, oil slash fuel business. I think there's kind of two main drivers. Uh, one would be some tensions I think everybody's aware of in the Middle East. Uh, I think there is kind of somewhat of a premium probably built in because of that. Uh, I will say prices have come down quite a bit. Uh, then I think if you look at why prices have come down, it's more seasonality than anything. The other main driver, I think, is probably the economy. The economy is feeling, I think, a little bit weaker to people. 30 shares of American Crystal Beet stock traded hands during the week ending February 9th. Acres and Shares says all 30 shares traded at $5,500 per acre or per share. So far this trading season, 4,061 American Crystal shares have been traded at an average price of $5,276 per share. The high was $5,850 and the low is $5,000 per share. The weather pattern across the midsection of the U.S. is expected to remain unchanged over the next couple of weeks. World Weather Incorporated says the northern plains and the west central and northwestern Corn Belt will continue to experience below normal precipitation. Although not completely dry, moisture in the central plains will continue to be light. Temperatures are expected to hover around freezing throughout the week in the Red River Valley. National Weather Service meteorologist Jacob Spender says that we'll see some flurries and mild precipitation over the next couple of days, but not the to expect up too much buildup. For the remainder of today, there are some slight flurries to maybe a light snow shower east of the Red River, but still in Polk County, Pennington, and Red Lake Falls area. That will continue in this afternoon hour. We're looking at temperatures being around the freezing mark for the Red River itself in Grand Forks and in western Polk County in that area. The mid to upper 30s are a potential as you get closer toward the South Dakota border. Now, there will be another chance for some precipitation as we get into Tuesday, and that will most likely move across the northern portions of the Red River Valley. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The University of Minnesota Extension will host the 2024 Nitrogen Conference tomorrow at St. Cloud. Minnesota Department of Agriculture Area Certification Specialist Will Beaumier says this, his presentation will focus on funding opportunities for producers. The enormous opportunity that is out there for folks that are interested in um, implementing any of these nitrogen or any nutrient management slash conservation practice on their operation. The name of the conference has 
kind of challenges and opportunities, and this talk is going to be on the opportunities part of that. Some of them are kind of traditional programs that we're maybe more familiar with uh, through the federal farm bill, but there's a lot of new opportunities from nonprofit groups, local soil and water districts, and uh, the statewide funding as well. A little bit from installing actual practices to even doing research. Working with a conservation coach or planner can help create a plan for your land and determine which opportunities would fit your operation best. Having that plan ahead of time and those goals identified ahead of time also, in almost all of these cases, gives you extra points or an increased chance of getting funded if you do apply for them. Um, That's becoming less of an issue because we do have a lot more money coming into the state for these programs. So if you were maybe had a plan in place and you hadn't been funded in the past, now is a good time to update that plan and and think about resubmitting it for funding again just because the funding levels are increasing that much. A bipartisan immigration bill failed this past week. American Business Immigration Coalition Director of Outreach Jim O'Neill sees this as a critical issue for agriculture. It has become so clear that this is not an issue of immigration. It's an issue of workforce, and it's an issue of economic development. And then when you're talking about making sure that agriculture has the right workers, it becomes an issue of national security, too. Agriculture groups are seeking H-2A reform and the ability to have a stable workforce. A resolution to this issue is not expected anytime soon. Especially now that we're two months into an election year, That tends to be a a time when people are very wary of taking up issues that they see are controversial. So I don't think that there's much opportunity in this Congress, especially with such tight margins and both chambers being controlled by different parties. Uh, I don't see a pathway in this Congress. However, we'd love for folks, especially farmers, to start reaching out to your elected officials now um, and making sure that they know that this needs to be top of mind so that after elections, when the new Congress is sworn in, uh, we can hit the ground running um, and start working on legislation right away. According to Bayer Crop Science strategic business lead Rob Schrick, a large part of the company's focus is on taking feedback from farmers, conducting research, and translating that into improved products to hand back over to producers. Behind the scenes, Bayer invests an incredible amount of money, um, roughly 10% of our, our, our take each year, back into research and development. And we, we do that, of course, across seeds, traits, and crop protection. And on the crop protection side, we do invest in, in cereal and wheat growers' um, needs. Uh, we really try to understand what uh, what their challenges are, what their future challenges are going to be. And we look at, at cereals, wheat, also from a global uh, lens as well. We have very, very large markets, of course, in Europe, Eastern Europe, even Latin Latin America, and we, we um, take that um, footprint, and it really allows us um, to invest a substantial amount of money into discovery. Schrick says that the goal is to help farmers increase efficiency while providing more data and tools for maximized output. It's trying to find those levels of efficiencies and give them new tools, um, new ways to attack the problem, and to also find ways of all the information that they gather on that acre each time they go across it to be able to utilize that information to make them more efficient. And then, of course, we, we couple that with new chemistry. Um, we, we're coming up with new discoveries, new modes of action, both on the herbicide and the fungicide side. So I think pulling those two together, the, the data for the decision and then um, good chemistry uh, for them to attack the problems that they have. 
The Red River Valley Red River Retention Authority has released its priority list for flood retention projects. There are 18 projects on the list, including a project in Pembina County to prevent sediment and phosphorus movement to downstream reservoirs and a gated storage and drainage system project on the Roseau River. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture has opened the grant application process for the Specialty Crop Block Grant Program. The grant funds focus on marketing and promotion, research and development, expanding availability and access, and addressing challenges confronting specialty crop producers. Applications for this competitive grant program must be submitted by 4 p.m. on March 21st. Application materials and information can be found on the Minnesota Department of Agriculture's website. University of Minnesota Extension educator Angie Peltier says livestock producers may be more likely to incorporate cover crops on their operations. More and more people are starting to experiment with cover crops, oftentimes out of necessity. And so what we've seen is that sometimes it's the first folks that start to experiment with cover crops in a neighborhood. They tend to be uh, livestock producers because oftentimes they'll they'll be able to extend their grazing season a little bit longer maybe not move their their herd onto hay just as quickly um, and then I know a lot of people are have be, begun experimenting with cover crops even far north in far northwest Minnesota taking a look at markets before we leave you Minneapolis March wheat down two and a Three quarters at 681 and a half. May down two and three quarters as well at 680 and a quarter. Chicago wheat a penny and three quarters higher at 598 and three quarters. Kansas City down a penny and a half at 600. Corn March futures a penny and a quarter higher at 430 and a quarter. July penny and a half higher at 452 and a quarter. March soybeans 10 and a quarter higher at 1193 and three quarters. May soybeans nine cents higher at 1198 and three quarters. Soybean meal four dollars sixty cents a ton higher at 351.30. Canola in Winnipeg three dollars sixty cents a metric ton higher at 592 Canadian. Live cattle, April futures down 80 cents at 185.92. June live cattle down 52 cents at 183.45. March feeder cattle, $1.42 higher. April lean hogs down 25 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.